This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. And as always, Tana Pennington. Tana, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. This is an exciting day. You know, I, I kind of screwed up. I had our thing up on the screen here real quick, so I had to remove <laughs> it because I didn't want to give away the show. But it's a good show. You know what I've realized? We forgot to mention, though, that this is two-sided. Anybody who's watching the show on YouTube or Rumble, you've noticed that it's gotten way more awesome all of a sudden, right? We got this cool intro video. It's feeling yes. fancy. I said it would take some time, but we're slowly legitimizing our process here. So that's better. But for all of our podcast listeners, we probably haven't mentioned it in a couple of weeks. This is now a video show. You can now watch it on YouTube. You can mm -hmm. log in and see it on Rumble. But, you know, it seems we get most of the views happening on YouTube and things like that. But the nice thing is, is the reason we did a video out of it was one, obviously, so you could see how beautiful i am that's important of course right? yes you know, just like radiating wonderful whatever <laughs> and two is is we talk about a lot of stuff right we talk mm -hmm. about articles we talk about things and we're able to put them up on this show so that you can see them and view them and see where we're getting our information we can prove to you that it's real we didn't just sit here and make up an article Oh, in this article. Um, so good time. So anyways, if you haven't done it, please go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. It doesn't mm -hmm. cost anything, but it just allows you to get the updates and see what's going on with the show. So Tana, let's get down to business. Man. Yes. We, we're talking taxes. We mentioned last week that, or, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we start talking taxes because taxes are changing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking um, Biden just came out a couple weeks ago or not a couple weeks ago. When was that? That was last week. Time mm -hmm. is like flying in my mind. So it's because <laughs> we're like older. Is that the what older, it is? Yeah. The older you that get, I feel like time just flies. My annual slices of pie get smaller and smaller. <laughs> and Because um, less of your time is yours now. It's more your kids, your family, your business. So yeah. To look at it. yeah. But anyways, Biden gave a uh, President Biden gave a speech last week. It seemed like a state of the union, but it was just an address to Congress. And what he did is he unveiled what we call the American Families Plan. And honestly, in many respects, Tan and I were talking about this. It kind of leaves your head reeling every day. Hot diggity dog. There's a new plan, a new yeah. thing they're vote. They want to vote on a new thing they want to pass. And in the old days, we've joked about this before, right? It used to be billions. They're going to spend $700 billion on mm -hmm. TARP money after the 08 crash. Well, billions turn out to be peanuts. Mm -hmm. oh, billions. Billions. This is like playing Monopoly. I, was, I, was, I need like a top hat and one of those little eyeglass things. Yes. That's um, a good idea. So it switched to trillions. So, Tana, um, 
I don't know. I guess I shouldn't quiz you. I'm always, I'm always hassle quizzing you on the floor. You are. It's like always. I Google something, I'm looking at it, and then I ask you, like, you're supposed to know out of the universe what, what the answer is on all these things. Oh, you get me every time. So last year, what happened? Last year, we had a car accident in this country, right? It, an unexpected, unexpected event happened. That's COVID. And it caused us to have to come out of pocket quite a bit. We ended up spending mm-hmm. something like $5 trillion unexpectedly last year that means we didn't expect it right right okay and we haven't seen the repercussions of it yet either well you know it's (laughs) someone else's problem Uh, so right so our 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 budget deficit got completely out of whack last year we spent trillions (laughs) more unexpectedly this year so far um Oh, geez. Didn't you turn your phone off, Tiana? I did. You're the one who (laughs) This year so far, you know, the the budget proposal for this year is $4 trillion. So it's already high in and of itself. And the president, their agenda that they've rolled out between, um, I can't even keep track of it, but the COVID bill they did like in March and then the other thing, the infrastructure thing they were talking about just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And now the American Families Plan that they were talking about in the speech last week. When you tally up all of this stuff, year to date of what our spending they want to spend 10 trillion dollars wow now remember this is on the back of spending five trillion dollars last year that we hadn't planned for right so let's think about some fiscal responsibility here tana um you have a major event you have to go put let's use a big number you have to go put a hundred grand on credit cards Due to some kind of crisis. I don't know what that is. I don't care to know what it is. You can keep it a secret. That's okay. But you put a hundred grand on credit cards. Okay. Fast forward just literally a few months later. And here you are. The the airline companies are opening back up. And your husband says, oh, I've always wanted to go on that dream trip to Rome. Right. You know, it's only another, I don't, it's only 15 grand. We can get a deal on a flight right now. What do you say? We can put it on the credit cards. What would you say? I would say no. Well, that, you see, you, I know I'm a party pooper. You're fired. You fired the um right. That's that's kind of what the country says, right? Is uh, well, who cares? Why why would you say no, Tana? Well, because I don't want to be reckless like that. I think it's dangerous, and I I don't want to have to pay so much in the future. You know, yeah. I want to be able to save now True. and enjoy. You know, when it's yeah. when I have time and when it's worth it to spend that's it. Crazy, later. And, yeah. and you had this unexpected event. You yeah. have all this money already outstanding on your credit card. Yeah, you. you I want to sleep wanna, at night. You want to deal with this stuff, right? I don't want to be stressed out. So it's kind of funny. I mean, before the new um, families plan that they're talking about all of a sudden, um, just a few weeks ago, we we're talking infrastructure and that number has changed. But in very round numbers, let's just say two billion or two, excuse me, remember billion is old, two trillion dollars of infrastructure spending. Mm-hmm. Look, everyone's been talking about infrastructure. Uh, President Trump talked about it. President Obama talked about it. We've been talking for a long time. It's a very bipartisan issue, but I kind of go back to the analogy I just used. We just had this giant unexpected event. It's like mm-hmm. Tana putting that hundred grand on our credit cards. And now all of a sudden we're getting to the thing we wanted to do that we've always been talking about and how right. exciting it would be. And Tana's saying, nah, it's probably not a good move in my own personal finances until I kind of address what I've got going on. And our country's saying, Screw that. Let's just keep spending and keep the party going. And so it's very problematic when you consider fiscal responsibility. Now, what's funny, 
which I thought was funny. What we're going to talk about today, here, let me pop it up on the screen here, um, is there was an article that came out after the uh, president's speech about the American Families Plan. And uh, what, is the, what does it say here? What's the title, Satana? This is interesting. Biden wants to raise $1.5 trillion by taxing the rich. Oh. And here's how. Very cool. You know, let's tax the rich. And so when you read about this, what this says is when they score tax changes, score revenue changes, they say that Biden's President Biden's tax policies will raise approximately one point five trillion dollars over the next 10 years. And this is the solution that they've come up with in order to pay for all the things they propose. Now, Tana, just a second ago, I, I told you how much they were planning on spending this year. Do you remember what that magic number was? Mm. Started with a 10 trillion with a trillion, <laughs> 10 trillion. Yes. Okay. So now those are proposals, right? It's not passed yet. So right. don't hold me to it, but this is what they would like to do. So, you know, if they get their way, it's a real thing. So tell me if you spent $10 trillion and then you turn around and you raise one and a half trillion, would you say that you're finally even and everything's no. back to normal? No way. Well, how can that be? Cause that's <laughs> Here's what we're going to spend and here's how we're going to pay for it. That's only a little teeny nope. portion of it. Spend and here's how we're going to pay for it. Problem solved. Oh, right? dear. No. Oh, well, <laughs> and nobody can figure out why inflation is starting to creep up. Right. Um, okay. So if we drill down on this article, though, it's very interesting, right? So obviously they want to raise one and a half trillion dollars to help pay for some of these things. Um, they want to do a lot of tax changes in order to do this. So the, the rhetoric is let's just tax the quote unquote rich people. And then it's easy to, for people to get on board with because it's not them, right? I'm not considered rich. Right. I, will, I won't be paying more tax according to the article. Tana, are you considered a rich person per this article? No. Close though, right? So you're like right on the edge. It's like right, yeah. on, right on the edge. Just, uh, just you live in there. You're like, you're, you're like, you know. I need to go get a second job and that'll push like me the, over. Uh, Stallone cliffhanger. You're just right there on the wire. You know, you're going to, you're going to fall over. So. You know, 400,000 or more, pretty healthy income. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this doesn't impact a lot of people. Um, it complicates even further of what that means. Anyway, so if we scrizzle down through this thing, was there, uh, let's see what we can come across, Tana. I mean, obviously, we can kind of talk about some details. This one's kind of interesting, though, is the new top tax bracket will go mm. from 37% to 39.6%. Right. Now, you would say... Well, who cares, Mike? That's only an increase of 2.6%. That's not that big of a deal, right? Right. Well, it's not that easy. And remember, I realized that for our core clients, for our audience, obviously not a lot of this applies to you, but you need to understand how this applies to society because there's a joke out there that says, have you ever gotten a job from someone who wasn't considered a rich person? Yeah, it's true. Right. So, you know, there is a relevance to some people having money is they do create industry, they do hire right. people, they do do things. And so how would this impact them? So what happens is, is the top tax bracket, that 37%, it doesn't kick in until you make like $650,000 of income, right? Mm -hmm. Well, right. Like, oh, yeah, it's my problem today. Uh, <laughs> not our problem today. We, no. we, admit, we admit that. Now, I know all of you have probably thought more of me and thought that, you know, I was probably right there somewhere. Um, you can keep thinking that of me. That's okay. Um, and hopefully someday. 
But what they're doing is they're they're going to eliminate the 35% bracket and the 32% bracket all the way down to 400,000. So they're actually blowing out brackets. They're bringing this 39.6,000 all the way down to that $400,000 income, which actually now becomes a massive tax increase for these high earners. It it really will be a a stinger, a little punch in the tummy kind of thing. Yeah, very drastic. Yeah, I know it's a while. Now, once again, remember, these are proposals. So we're talking proposals today. What happens? What gets debated? What the winning solution is? I don't know, but obviously very conscious stuff to be aware of. Okay. So that's kind of part one. Oh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Doubling the capital gains rate. So for those big heavy hitters, right now, this is funny because I saw an article the other day that when they're talking about this law, They want to make people that make over a million dollars. And you think, okay, well, that's not me. It's probably Mike and Tana, but it's not me. Um, I'm, I'm doing like the opposite, like the secret, the movie, the secret where I'm like, maybe if I like push it away, it'll come back. Right. right? So Reverse psychology. I don't want to make a million dollars. I don't want to <laughs> push it away. And then, and then the, the magnetic, uh, polarity of it. So now I'm going to, I got to leave right now. I got to go check my mailbox, see if there's any money in it. <laughs> the, um, maybe I'll win the Powerball. Wouldn't that be wild? The, um, anyways, if you make over a million bucks, they want to essentially in very simple numbers, double the capital gains mm-hmm. rate. So a top income earner at the moment pays 23.8% in capital gains, and they want to increase that to 43.4%. Think about that. If you're that big earner or that person you know is that big earner, for yeah. every dollar that they sell on an investment that's a gain, 43.4%. Oh, wait, that's just that's just federal. What about the state? Wow, state of California yeah. at that income level would have a 13.3% tax Ouch. also. So if that's the case, you're paying almost 57% in California. Wow. Based on that. Now, fun fact about capital gains, Tana. Let's see if you, I'm going to quiz you. Everyone, you know, I've gotten some criticism about hassling you on here. Right. And I've decided, I've decided to go against all of that. I'm against the grain, right? Against the grain. All right. President Reagan, do you remember him? Yes. You're not old enough to remember, but thanks for lying, lying to the audience. The, um, Sorry, I remember him, you know, so you probably might. Um, do you think President Reagan lowered taxes or increased taxes? Hmm. I would say lower. He did. He yeah. lowered the federal tax brackets. Yeah. True. But it was a trick question, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so the reality was everybody knows Reagan for lowering taxes, and he lowered federal tax revenue, corporate tax revenue. But one thing that he did, in fact, increase was capital gains tax revenue. Mm. Now, this is funny. Remember, what what is the rhetoric of this? Hey, we're going to double the capital gains rate. Don't worry. Only rich people are subject to that. It's going to raise tax revenue. It's going to be awesome. We're going to build bridges. You know, life is good, right? So fun fact, we got to go back in history to find this stuff. We got to put this stuff in practice. Okay, fair enough. True statement. Let's stress test this real quick. What happens? Reagan actually increased capital gains taxes. And guess what happened to federal tax revenue collected on capital gains, Tana? It decreased. It went down. Now, why would it go down? Because a rich person says, wait a second in this example, why the heck would I sell something and be guaranteed a 55% loss? 
So they just hold on to it. I, I could suffer a massive stock market loss. That's not that bad and be yeah. okay. Right. So yeah, why would point. I do that? I'll hold this stuff for 10 or 15 right. years and wait for the next person to change it. Right. Yeah, so guess what? Point. You exponentially raise this stuff and tax revenue goes down. Well, that sounds oddly counterintuitive when our job is to try to create more tax revenue right now to pay for all of our stuff. Yeah, no, Let's that's a good point. Forward. Bill Clinton, do you think he's known for raising or decreasing taxes? Raising. That's what you would think, right? He's a Democratic president. They kind of believe in this bottom up kind of conversation. Um, fun fact, though, Bill Clinton, excuse me, President Clinton, we got to keep it, keep it family friendly. You don't do, use first names of the presidents, right? The um, uh, President Clinton, he actually lowered capital gains rates. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Okay. Like how everyone yeah. thinks the, it's the opposite. And it's totally right. true. Because I didn't know this till once again, I read about it and learned about it. Um, so what happened when he lowered capital gains taxes to federal tax revenue collected on capital gains? Increased. It went up. Holy guacamole. We have a weird thing going on here. So what yeah. happened was, when you lower it, you incentivize people to be more transactional with their investments, right. to buy and sell things, to move around, to be more active because they said it's efficient. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very remiss at the moment to say, yikes, if we're going to double the capital gains rate on quote unquote rich people, is that actually going to generate more tax revenue for us? And the eyebrow is absolutely up. If you're watching this on YouTube or something, you can see the eyebrow is up. It's all the way up <laughs> at the top of my head. Um <laughs> It's kind of suspicious. The, um, <laughs> it's kind of, who knows? You know, what's interesting is there is a, um, I believe he works uh, through president Biden, but there is a democratic economist who did all of the numbers and ran some analysis and they came up with the, the sweet spot for capital gains rate is 28% hmm. where you would see enough buy and sell transaction activity to continue to maintain and increase tax revenue. Right. Well, well, at the same token, not disincentivizing people to sell stuff because once again, it's not worth it. You know, it's, it's a fascinating though. Like I said, there was an article that was saying that 75% of people or more or something wouldn't be subject to this tax. So what's everybody whining about? So let's think about this. Do you think that the person that it, this tax is subject to, do you think they have more money in the stock market or less money in the stock market than a normal person? More actually. Probably, probably more. I mean, yeah. these are hedge funds. These are, yeah. these are the big kids, right? So I think it's if, like 40% of their income is yeah. from their investments. So that's true. So yeah. the, the wealthier you become, yeah. the more income you have from just passive investments. Right. But what's funny about it is um, with all these, quote unquote, rich people who have money in the stock market. See, if they decide that there's a fire sale on taxes, hey, taxes are doubling next January, let's say, what are they going to do? They're going to dump all their stuff now out of the stock market while the right. deal's good, right? And so that could be short-term problematic for all the little guys like mm -hmm. you and me invested in the stock right. market because when the big kids sell everything, it makes the good market point. go down. So we suffer in the short term from it. And then in the long term, when the tax law goes into place, they just stop selling everything. And then our federal tax revenue goes down. So, mm -hmm. so the little guy takes it in the shorts initially, and then it's the government on the back end of this. Yeah. So once again, that's a good these point. Are proposals. These are proposals. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> Anything could happen. <laughs> uh, let's scroll down. Oh, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite. This one will affect you, Tana, because I know you've been sitting around waiting for your inheritance. 
We, you are terrible. I am not. Oh, whatever. When we're not recording, you're constantly talking about it. <laughs> constantly. Like it's not even, you know, every no. 15 minutes. No. You, you're, you've got like a, you got like a daily tracker of your, your family assets. And, no. You know, with your slice. And you're, how many kids are in your family? Nine? There's 11? six kids. Six so kids. I have five other siblings. Your parents didn't think about that when they were planning inheritances. No, right? I wouldn't change a thing. It's amazing. I love being part of a big family. <laughs> I love to share. Well, you never know. Maybe, maybe uh, some of the other ones will decide they don't need their piece. Right. The, um, so uh, I'm just obviously hassling Tana. Yes. But again, you're talking about getting rid of stepped up basis, capital gains at death. And what that means is, is, is in that simple rhetoric, if mama bought her house a long time ago for a hundred grand, and it's now worth $500,000, normally the kids inherit this house tax-free. It's right. called stepped-up basis. At the current and, market value. And that, yeah, and that be, in, I don't want to, you know, kind of pry into it, but this is something that Tana, your dad certainly benefited from when your mom unfortunately passed away. Some of the stocks got repriced and things like that. Mm -hmm. This is a real life thing that we all use in practice. Right. Um, they're getting rid of that. And they're saying the event of someone passing away even when we're talking about this house, whether the house is sold or not, will require all the taxes to be paid on those gains as soon as that decedent tax return is filed. Ouch. That's a, that's a big tax yeah. that a lot of people won't see coming. You know what's funnier about this tax, of all things, is uh, the presidency has really focused on the fact that there would be no taxes due on anybody who makes less than $400,000, right? Right. But that's what is the stepped-up basis true. effect? All of us. It affects everybody. Yeah. Even if you make less than 400 grand, right. you're subject to this tax. It's and insane. you have to pay it right away. That would be really tough. They're talking about creating some exemptions, you know, but once again, that's all up on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will say, well, Mike, stepped-up basis you just described sounds too good to be true anyways. Why isn't it taxed anyways? Well, the reason for you folk that think that is because of estate taxes. So if you have a certain amount of assets, you can pass them to your family tax-free. And if you have above that certain amount of access, which Biden is trying to bring down to about three and a half million dollars. So if you have more than that, any assets you have over that limit at the moment will be taxed at a 40% rate. And it could even be more than that based on the new legislation. So wow. if you, if you didn't have stepped up basis, you'd have double taxation. They would tax you on mm -hmm. all the gains. And then they'd look at your total assets and say, you're over the limit. There's another big giant tax. Wow. And so the reality was the, the people that have lots of money, don't worry. They pay plenty of taxes anyways. And really you saw the strongest benefit of stepped up basis on the people who had the least, you know, mm -hmm. the, the people, you know, kind of like yeah. Tana's family where, hey, they have a nice amount of money, but guess what? When you divide it by six, when that day comes, it's really not that much money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not making Tana rich. It's not mm -hmm. making me rich. It might help us get along a little further before we, you know, keep us off of Medicaid that much longer kind of a thing. That was hopefully a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. But at the same token, the reality is, is these there's things that could be potentially really impactful mm -hmm. to the individual. Um, the other way that they're going to try to raise tax revenue is by doing more auditing. Yeah, I saw that. Now, what is the connotation of auditing? When people hear the word IRS audit, what do they think? 
they get a scary letter from the irs right nobody likes it it's no and it's kind of like this alienation thing Mm -hmm. you know but so what the government's gonna do is they're just gonna audit more people and get more people upset Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, you know i don't know maybe they'll find more money um yeah they're hoping that will raise 700 billion dollars over the next decade Mm -hmm. you know for doing that yeah but once again we'll see what happens you know, like I said, it's fascinating when you look at the cause and effect, especially, you know, increasing capital gains rates, going back to some of those historical examples of Reagan and Clinton and things like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? So far, we've talked about the idea of raising or raising taxes. Well, raising taxes is a good thing, right? Because that's going to create more tax revenue. Right? Right, right? Mm. Maybe. Mm. Maybe not. So here's a fun little thing. <laughs> To just blow a crater in the hole of all of this. Okay. Can everybody see this up on the screen? So this is a spreadsheet. So if you were super bored, I obviously find myself super bored occasionally. Um, And you were to go to the IRS website. This is literally downloaded from the IRS website. You can go to the IRS website and you can Google, um, you know, total tax collection. And what it does is you can see here, I've got 2015 through 2019 on the screen showing total federal tax revenue collected. Now, when did the, what happened that that is kind of causing all of this? So in 2017, President Trump passed the Tax Cut Jobs Act, right? And that got a lot of flack. It's been getting a lot of flack for the last four years. Uh, President Biden was talking about it last week in his speech is a lot of flack, you know, his tax cuts for the rich and all this kind of stuff. So remember, Tana, any idea how many people in this country don't pay any taxes? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. That's a good guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can use the Jeopardy thing. I think that's like a copyright thing. I would say 40%. So you're close. So it's somewhere around like 46, 47%. So more or less half the country ish doesn't pay any taxes at all. Right. And that's a pretty consistent statistic. Uh, I mean, for example, the median income last year hit, excuse me, in 2019, that's the data we have at the moment, hit an all time high of like 63,000. If you're a married couple making 63,000 and you have two children, Obviously, you know, living well in California is different on that than living well in Tennessee. Um, If you made that amount of money, you paid zero federal taxes. In fact, you got $2,000 back as a tax credit. They actually gave you money at the end of the year. So, you know, for the median income, a lot of people don't pay any taxes. So what's funny, though, is if you look at the totals in 2017, remember, that's the old tax laws, right? So $3.4 trillion collected. And then by 2018... Tana, you gave me the wrong numbers. There's no way that tax revenue is increasing because in 2018 and 19, that's when the new tax cut laws were in place. And I was told that all the rich people got tax cuts. So how the heck could tax revenue be up? Wait, this doesn't make any sense. Maybe should we turn the page upside down? Everyone turn your monitor upside down and the numbers might make more sense. But somehow, magically, in 2018, the first year of those tax cuts, yeah, federal tax revenue was up 50 billion, and by 2019, somehow, it was up 150 billion. That's a lot of money. I can't make. There's something wrong here, <laughs> right? Because I was told, I watched the news, 
I was told these tax cuts were for the rich and we all got hosed on the, on, on doing that. Right. Right. Did you, that's did you hear what that? I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard too. Did you hear that? Cause that's what I heard. Yeah. I heard it last week in a speech. Anyways. <laughs> so this is a conundrum, right? It kind of goes back to my Reagan Clinton thing. What happens when you cut taxes? And so if you look at 2017 under the middle one, business income, that's corporate taxes. Mm-hmm. In 2017, $338 billion. In 2018, $262 billion. And then $277 billion. Okay. Okay. Now we're on to something, right? So we actually see that corporate tax revenue actually went down after the tax cuts. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because they cut the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21%. It was a big cut. And right. we're literally seeing it in tax collection, it went down. So that might be the rhetoric of those rich folk got a tax cut. Maybe it's right there. But there's something funny happening here, right? If you go to the next column down, which probably the word that to focus on is FICA. FICA is payroll taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Paying yep. into Social Security, all that kind of stuff. So in 2000, let's see, 17, 1.2 trillion. Then it increased a little bit in 18. And then it was 1.3 trillion in 2019. So since those tax cuts over those two years, payroll taxes increased a billion dollars or excuse yeah. me, a hundred, a hundred billion dollars. More jobs, lower unemployment rate. No, no, no. That can't be right. Because I was told that rich people get tax cuts and then they go sit on their yachts and, and are fed grapes. <laughs> no, they hire people, which is great. Nah, can't be true. Can't be true. Right. <laughs> Cause I was told, right. You know, it's the problem. See, this is my issue with the news, with politics is when you finally go to the source and you pull the data, the mm-hmm. data tells a completely different story than what we hear in the news. Yeah. And so what happened was in 2017, the tax cuts went into place that in fact made in 2018 and 19 corporate tax revenue went down, but they turned around and hired so many people and gave so many raises that their payroll taxes went through the roof. And then on top of it, The individual income you see from 17 to 18 to 19 Mm -hmm. also increased every single year quite a bit, 50 billion after two years. Right. Oh, oh, so you hire people, you make them more gainfully employed, you give them raises, and they actually break over the limit and actually start paying a little bit of tax. Right. So I I am kind of remiss here at the moment because my understanding of looking at history and looking at numbers and data is tax efficiency finding those sweet spots of giving taxes and keeping them efficient, allow employers to create economy, create GDP, create jobs, hire people and pay a boatload more in payroll taxes. So one way or another, if we go the opposite route, because it's easy, right? If we raise taxes, it raises more revenue. That's the easy one facet thought. It appears what we've learned through some of this historical history lesson stuff right here is that Oftentimes, raising taxes actually decreases revenue and decreasing taxes actually increases tax revenue. And what is our sole job? It's to raise tax revenue, right? We want more tax revenue so that we can pay all of our bills and pay off our more or less $30 trillion Mm. credit card debt that got racked up exponentially last year. Massive. So anyways, none of this has to do anything with your personal retirement plans. But to that point, that's what we do is personal retirement planning. (laughs) I was, I was trying to, trying to <laughs> yeah, turn, turn this back into what we do real quick. 
<laughs> we gotta we gotta justify why we did this right no it does affect all of us i it really does. do i believe that and i feel like you know looking at these statistics and these numbers you know i'm gonna have to save more for my my retirement and you know maybe there's gonna be some things that i might have to go without because you know taxes are gonna be raised or maybe there's not gonna be as much job opportunity out there for my kids you know so all this does play into right. you know all well, of us spot on, and you, you nailed it and those are the the pluses and minuses of all of us well tax policy caused the stock market to go down because yeah. people sell out more uh, you know wh- how will these things you know as we run up the debt but don't necessarily raise enough tax revenue right. to pay the debt off how does that impact us by inflation and then we have a stronger tailwind of needing to raise taxes there this is just a plus and minus mess all over the place but this is why we do this. Remember, I tell my clients all the time, you've hired me and Tana to worry for you. Mm-hmm. This is what we talk about. This is what we're invested in. This is what we're staring at. It is our job to be concerned about these facts and how they will impact your retirement plans. Um, so obviously, if you don't have a retirement plan, if you're a new listener, if you haven't talked to us, give us a call. Complimentary. Here, I'll pop up the little banner here for the, mm-hmm. the watchers. I got one here. But <laughs> give us a call, 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is spelled L-Y-N-D. But hey, this is what we do. This is why we're in it. We're very passionate about what we do. I totally like it. I I, I absolutely love hassling Tana on this show. It gives me no greater joy in life. <laughs> and you know, and we, we appreciate all the feedback that we get. So, yes, Anna, thank you as always thank for you. being here. And everybody, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at the Lind Group. Call eight zero five five zero zero seven zero three five or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC the Lind Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.